So the big question is this. How can runners like you, who aren't professional athletes or paid sponsored runners, avoid injury and increase athletic performance to enjoy running race events for the rest of your life without wasting money on trends or using dangerous painkiller drugs? That is the question. And on hashtag Run Pain Free Podcast, your host, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio, gives you the answers. Hello, everybody, and it is Coach Jessica talking to you on the Run Pain-Free Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing. And if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do. Stay tuned for the end of this podcast because we're going to have a question of the day that I'm so interested in hearing from you about. Make sure you are following us on at runpainfree underscore academy on Instagram and at runpainfree on Instagram as well. Let's get into it. The most common running injury ever, plantar fasciitis. It is the most common running injury. It is the most had running injury. And quick, quite honestly, it is the quickest to fix being that it's the most common injury. And it's also something that can hold somebody up for years, which is baffling to me, but it does. And people really do struggle with it. And we've done an entire masterclass on it on runpainfreeacademy.com. So go on over there and sign up for that if you haven't. Make sure that you are really paying attention, maybe even take some notes because if you haven't had it, someone you know does. And so this is gonna help, but please share this with your peers, share this with anybody that could help relieve themselves from foot pain because foot pain is quite debilitating when it's all day, every day, in the morning, no matter what you try to do. So let's get into it, plantar fasciitis really 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 quick what is plantar fasciitis it's tight calves (laughs) that is what plantar fasciitis actually is it means you have tight calves that don't flex and extend and they're basically stayed locking and they're pulling on everything creating tension in your achilles and therefore on the back of your heel creating a sharp pain in the back of your heel pulling on the plantar fascia which is a piece of fascia that runs along the bottom of your foot and therefore you have fasciitis So anything with itis, if you've listened to me at all, you'll know that anything with itis means immobility or improper mobility of the joint or tendon, whatever itis of it is. So if you move properly, you won't have the itis, right? But what's going on right here is that that entire ankle, the ankle mobility is not moving properly. And there's a couple of significant things going on that result in plantar fasciitis none of which have anything to do with your feet. How about that? None of this has to do with your feet, guys. This has to do with everything above, nothing at your foot. The plantar fasciitis is result of other dysfunction in your body. That's why it's reoccurring. That's why it's consistent. That's why it's been bothering you for months and months and months and months. This is the Not only is it the number one injury that we see here, but it literally is the most common running injury. It really is. And the only other people that get it that aren't runners are sedentary individuals, both for the same reason in terms of muscle dysfunction, believe it or not. So that's really what it is. So let me back you into it, okay? The IT band. IT band syndrome, I just did a podcast on it. Go on over to get it, runpainfreepodcast.com. Make sure you're following it. Go in there and binge, guys. Listen to it, take some notes. 
I did a whole um, podcast on the IT band syndrome, IT band period. I have it on foam rolling, anything that you can think of about it. We've talked about it and we will continue to talk about because there's a plethora of bad information out there that not only is bad information, but it winds up hurting people because it's bad information. So our mission here is to get rid of the myths and misconceptions and give you clear understanding of what your body is going through and figuring it out. So the IT band runs from the outside of the bone on the lower leg, which is outside below your knee. That bone that sticks out runs from there all the way up outside your knee, outside your quads, over your hips, covering 80% of each butt cheek, crosses over your lumbar, makes an X over your T-spine, which is between your shoulder blades and attaches on opposite shoulders. So the entire mobility of your run and walking is dictated by your IT band. If that is in any way, shape or form in restriction, you're not gonna have proper mobility at the knee, hip, sacrum or shoulder joints. Not gonna happen. So the tissue is always first, joint is second and muscle is last. But what do all runners do? They go after the muscles first. That's the worst thing you can do. I have a whole podcast on how workouts hurt and um, hurt runners. Go on over there, listen to that. It's my personal favorite one because I'm a huge strength person. I love me some kettlebells, but you cannot be doing these things if you're in dysfunction and you're injured. You can, cannot do it. You have to correct your injuries first or you're gonna solidify your injuries with muscle and then that makes them even worse, okay? So go on over, listen to that one too. So when you are in dysfunction at the joints, the muscles can't get their signals. And if the signal of the muscle isn't happening, the muscle doesn't fire to support the activity of the joint. They all help each other, guys. So if one's off, they're all off. So when we're talking about plantar fasciitis, let's break it down. Take your fingers and go on the outside of that upper part of your um, calf on the outside of the calf where that bone is. Put your fingers right underneath that bone and I want you to point and flex your ankle. You'll feel a whole bunch of move it, movement underneath your hands. That's push off. Guess what that is? Push off because ankle flexion is push off. So guess what you don't have if the IT band is pulling up on that bone right there where it inserts. Not only is it pulling up from there, but it's pulling from there from the hip and from the opposite shoulder. So it has a long way to go that it's actually pulling and restricting. You're just feeling the restriction down there. But you don't stop running, right? You keep running, of course you do. And you're probably not foam rolling because you haven't listened to me enough yet and you, I haven't impounded it into your head yet where you need to be foam rolling. So you're not foam rolling either. So the restriction is not gonna release because you're not doing what it needs to to do those things. So you keep running. So when you're running, for every one muscle, that's there's a default muscle. So when one muscle doesn't work, there's somebody on standby saying, I got it. And so for your calf to flex and extend, if that's not happening, the default muscle is your anterior tibialis, which is where you would feel shin splints. So that's the first thing that happens. You start to get shin splints. That's the first sign you're about to get plantar fasciitis, by the way. So after you get shin splints, you never get them consistently. They're on and off. If you've ever had shin splints, you know that they're not constant. They're on and off. They keep going back to the calf saying, hey calf, can you do your job? Can you flex and extend at all? And the calf is like, no, they haven't foam rolled yet. So I really can't do that. So you're going to just take it and I don't know what to tell you. And so the shin is like, ah, oh, the anterior tibialis is like, oh, forget it. Achilles, can you come on in? And the Achilles is like, I got it. And then the whole run settles in your Achilles. Guess what your Achilles is? your hamstring. 
Muscles are attached to bone via tendon. The Achilles is an Achilles tendon. So that's where the hamstrings come down the back of your leg, behind your knee, go underneath your gastrocnemius, the bulb of your calf, because there's two calf muscles, that's the bulb. It goes underneath and creates one and becomes your Achilles that attaches at the base of your heel. And guess where you get sharp stabbing pain when you have plantar fasciitis? The base of your heel, where your Achilles inserts. So now the Achilles is overworking, 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 and it pulls, pulls, pulls on the back of the heel, pulls on the arch, and now you have plantar fasciitis. That's how you get it. All because of that outer part of your lower, lower knee underneath that bone, outer calf area, being restricted by not only the IT band, but then also by dysfunctional muscle use because the IT is restricting joint mobility, okay? So the first way to even start addressing this is foam rolling, foam rolling. Big shocker, right? So what do we, why do we focus much on foam rolling? Because foam rolling is the gateway to your body. Foam rolling is going to tell you what your body is doing, where it's tight, where it's tension, where it's okay, where it's not, where it may be hurting that you may not have felt when you're running, you might feel it on the foam roll. You're gonna learn your body's grooves and this is the quickest way to prevent injury and it's the quickest way to get injured is by not foam rolling. It's the easiest thing to do to maintain your body, straight up. So I don't know why anybody is still even discussing anything about not doing it. You need to go buy a black foam roller right now and get to work. RunPainFreeAcademy.com, whole foam roll series over there to, to teach you how to do that. So we got you covered, but you gotta listen and do what we say so you can implement all of these things. So plantar fasciitis really is a result of a ton of dysfunction. Now, for we have the, we just explained the joint dysfunction, right? So there's the knee hinge, the knee hinge motion signals the calf to flex and extend. That's the knee hinging motion, flexing the calf to, um, telling the calf to flex and extend. The calf flexing and extending helps the ankle, ankle flexion. Ankle flexion and knee hinging and, and hip flexion and extension all work together. If your ankle is not flexing and extending, push off, then guess what else doesn't happen? You have no hip flexion and hip extension. You just don't have it. The foot and the hip are synonymous in terms of movement. So you have to look at your foot thinking of your hip. If your foot isn't moving, your hip is not moving, but you're still running, but you're running in dysfunction because something's not working, okay? And as long as there's that tension below the knee, outside the calf, via your IT band, there's the muscles are not going to be getting the signals to work right at all. So what, what do we first do? What do people with plantar fasciitis first do? Well, they go to a medical professional and there's first thing they say the need is orthotics. Second, second thing they say the need is a stability sneaker. Two things that are going to guarantee you worse injury. Orthotics and stability sneakers, in my professional opinion, actually cause plantar fasciitis and hip dysfunction greatly. I can guarantee you a hip injury if you don't already have one, but you already have a hip dysfunction issue if you have plantar fasciitis. So go ahead and put yourself into a stability sneaker and add an orthotics in there to just add some spice to the game and you can guarantee yourself a real hip injury. And then you really have an injury that you don't know, you definitely don't want, I promise you that. You want to feel your hips and your feet, people. These are red flags that you got a problem going on up top that you need to address now. 
before it becomes something. So thank your body, don't get pissed at it. Thank your body for telling you early on, fix me first, because you don't want it to start screaming at you from your hips. That's a totally different ball game, totally different approach. And you just don't want to deal with that as a hip injury person. I'm telling you, you just don't want to deal with it. Get it while you can at the lower level. Okay. Here's why orthotics and stability sneakers cause this problem. Your foot has to move. I think we can all agree that your feet have to move to run, right? But if you're in a stability sneaker, the sneaker itself doesn't move. So where do you think your foot is going? That's the whole, the whole term stability means no movement. So doctors really want you to stop your feet from moving. That is the worst thing to do. Why? Because they're already not moving properly. They're already not moving properly. You already have a lack of ankle flexion. You already have a lack of ankle extension because you don't have ankle flexion, which means you don't have hip flexion or hip extension. And then your knee never fully is extending. And so those three joints create a hamstring dysfunction. That muscle runs from the back of your, from underneath your butt all the way down to the bottom of your heel. That muscle runs the entire backside of your leg. It is the last muscle you want to jack up but most runners have hamstring strains because they're running in dysfunction, using their hamstrings in dysfunction. No, you don't have tight hamstrings, runners. You have dysfunctional hamstrings because your butts don't work. So your hamstrings are working instead of your butt. And then you put your leg, your foot, into a stability sneaker that disallows you ever extending your hamstring, and then you condition that muscle to stay like that. So now you have a muscle dysfunctionally developed, jacking up the backside of your leg, and then you're running 2.2 pounds of pressure relatively to your weight every step of your run. And you're continuing that for hours on end every time you run. So you're conditioning this behavior the whole time you run and you're running on your toes because maybe you don't want to run on your toes, but you're in a stability sneaker and it only allows you to hit your toes. And then you trying to hit your foot properly, which is full foot function. When you're trying to hit your foot properly, the, sne the sneaker actually disallows this form, this, this entire form. It disallows it. So your entire mechanical chain is not even in your control. The sneaker is now telling you how to run. I wish a sneaker would tell me how to run. I think I would break the sneaker and cut it up and throw it into the river. You control your run, guys. You do. And if you put your foot into a stability sneaker, you're immediately saying, I have no more control over my run. Here, sneaker, do it for me. Here's what, why somebody would say, well, Jessica, my feet felt better in the stability sneaker. No, that's an illusion. You have a lot of cushion now underneath your foot. That's just a big old cushion of illusion that makes you think your foot isn't hurting. You just don't feel it because you're in a bunch of cushion like the worst sneakers that are on the market. They're the thickest sneakers that are on the market. There's a, re there's a reason for that. It's all this cushion gives the illusion that you're actually out of pain. Well, when you take the sneaker off, you're in pain, right? When you wake up in the morning and put your feet down off, off the bed to touch the ground and you flex your ankle, you have a stabbing pain in your foot, right? Right, because what happens is when you step, when you step your feet down, that's ankle flexion. What did I just say you don't have if you have plantar fasciitis? Ankle flexion. So now when you wake up in the morning and you put your feet down, you can't do that. It's painful because it's flexing the ankle. You're bearing weight. 
So as soon as you bear weight, it becomes an action. So now the ankle flexion is an action just by standing up because you were laying down for the last however many hours. So that's indicative of your lack of mobility. And the last thing you want to do is lock that up because you're actually atrophying your foot muscularly on the bottom. The, I always say there's a lot of hidden power in runner's arches because you guys love to be in these thick ass sneakers that don't let your feet move and you need to use your feet. So if you can't use your feet, you're going to make an atrophied muscle. And let me tell you, as a person with injuries head to toe, you don't want to feel what an atrophy muscle feels like. You just don't want to feel it because guess what? You can only fix an atrophied muscle by working the muscle and building muscle. But if you've atrophied your muscle to not have any muscular form and anything to work with, and you have to build it from nothing, it's extremely painful. There's no way around it. You have to feel that pain to go through it. So I'm telling you, you don't want to do that. So then on top of you having foot pain from tight fascia, tense fascia and tight calves rather, you now have an atrophied foot. So all those little itty bitty muscles in the bottom of your foot have gone kerplunk and now they don't move at all either. That's even worse because now you now when I come in and I want to build your feet up, it's a little painful. It's a little painful because we have to actually use your feet. You've just told it not to use. Well, now let's add in the orthotics. Here's this. Listen closely. If you've been told you have a high arch and you need an orthotic, that would mean having a high arch is a problem, right? Right? Okay. If you have a flat foot and you were told you need an orthotic, that would mean having a flat foot is a problem. Wouldn't you say? Right. Well, guess what? They both can't be a problem, people. A person with a high arch wouldn't need an orthotic to make their foot flat if flat feet was wrong too. And a flat-footed person wouldn't need, an, wouldn't need an orthotic to make their foot a high arch if a high arch was a problem too. Okay, so let's take that. Let's stop. Let's stop the BS with this already. I'm, I'm, I'm over this. However, your feet are formed is how your feet is formed. It doesn't mean you're wrong. You weren't born wrong. It was how you were born. You work with what you got. It's that simple. Not for nothing. Somebody, I have a high arch. I've been a dancer my whole life. I have a very strong high arch foot. Okay. I have worked with plenty of people who are flat footed. And they have so much more meat to work with. I can build a good old strong muscular foot on a flat-footed person who can rock out and hang with people twice their height because they got so much power in their foot when they're running, okay? So don't believe the hype. Again, billion dollar industry for a reason, for a reason. And we're here to give you tons of information about it. So when we look at those two things, that, that itself gets rid of a whole bunch of things you were told to get into orthotic. Which is probably what people are saying. Oh, you have plantar fasciitis because you have a high arch. Oh, you have plantar fasciitis because you have a flat foot. No, you don't. You have plantar fasciitis because you have a butt that doesn't work, a hamstring in dysfunction, and an ITBN that's holding it all. They are disallowing you to push off from the knee down. And you have no ankle flexion. That's why. That's why. That's why you have plantar fasciitis. And you've just been running on it using these orthotics and stability sneakers or one or the other, and you've created it even worse because you've locked up your ankle flexion. Now let's move on to the next thing a doctor would say or medical professional. You need a brace. Well, now we're gonna take the, uh, 
the stability from underneath your foot from the orthotic and the sneaker and we're gonna move that to around your ankle. So now the ankle already wasn't moving, now it's got no chance. And I always say, wherever you put a brace, I guarantee you the next joint up to be injured. So if you put a brace on your ankle, your knee is gonna be injured. You put a brace on your knee, your hip is gonna be injured. It's almost guaranteed, seriously. So you don't, whenever you think about it though, if every joint relies on other joints to move rhythmically as a domino effect for your biomechanics to operate, because the body moves as one, guys, your feet don't work on Monday and your shoulders work on Tuesday. That's not the way the body works. Everything works every day, okay? So you that's why you have to do total body stuff, by the way, sidebar. Anyway, before I digress. If you put the ankle brace on, you literally restrict the entire chain from operating, why? Because you're literally restricting the joint physically. You've wrapped it up and you've, you've tightened it up with a piece of something that is restricting mobility, right, left, up, down, doesn't matter, it's restricted. So now, guess what? Not only are you atrophying your feet, right, with this big thick sneaker underneath it, and maybe you got an orthotic in there as well, but now you moved on to the braces and so your foot, your ankle now doesn't even have the ability to wiggle and maneuver itself if it hits a bump in the road, if it hits a rock, if it goes off of the curb weird, if it hits a pothole, the ankle doesn't have the mobility to assess that and actually come back to a, a neutral place. It doesn't have it. So then you literally decondition your ankle and all the surrounding muscles, decondition it. And what's right there? The Achilles, no? Right, so let's just keep it in the back of our minds. The Achilles, again, is the hamstring. So if we're down there wrapping this up all tight with a brace around the base of the, of the Achilles, we're basically wrapping up the base of the hamstring. Just keep that in the back of your mind. So now we have the foot on the bottom part is not doing anything. Now the ankle is restricted, not doing anything. And you still have pain, right, because it's not coming from there. So now what's the next thing we're told? Shots. Here we go with shots. <sighs> I have a problem with this because it became the go-to after the pill epidemic in this country. After the pills, everybody was the, the overuse of pills, over prescription of pills and all that stuff for pain meds. This became like a really big thing. And I've seen this transition in the industry over the last 20 years, I've seen it. So it became the next big thing with shots, 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 shots. What I find in shots is the actual spot that the shot needle goes into is pain forever. That's one. Two, basically what the shot is doing is giving, again, an illusion because it's basically making the muscles mush. So the muscles no longer have the chance to fire. So if you are being told that you're inflamed or you have very uh, tight muscles down there or um, anything like that and they're giving you a shot for those reasons they're basically what's really happening is the shots just making everything mush so the illusion is that it feels better but it's really that it can't get tight anymore can't get tense anymore and so in six weeks you're right back at the doctor for your next shot that's how that happens and that's basically I mean literally common knowledge it, it's I literally was walking in the street, I don't know, about seven, eight months ago, and I actually heard a person having a conversation with somebody else saying, 
oh yeah, I had plantar fasciitis. They were walking in front of me. And the woman was like, I had a shot um, about six weeks ago, but I got to go back in for my next shot because it's coming back again. I, 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 I wanted to say something, but I really took everything in me to not say anything. But this is literally such common. It's so common for this to be happening. And shots are a go-to. Shots really are a go-to, but they are not even a band-aid. They are literally an illusion. And really on the tail end, they actually disallow that muscle to fire properly. So when someone's had a shot and come sees me, I have to double up on the foot because I have to basically combat the fact that not only was it in dysfunction to begin with, but it actually, the it's become very mushy and it's not, it's been disallowed to fire. So I have to like, you know, basically like smack it around to like get it to wake up and make it move again and get it to fire again. And it's a little bit more work and it's a little bit more deeper work, more invasive correction for that to happen. And it happens often. And I, every shot, any part of the body that someone's gotten the, gotten the shot in, this has been the case regardless. If not, they've had a bad reaction to it where there was pain, um, even more pain post shot. I personally have had shots, by the way, again, I really don't talk about things I've not experienced either. I've either have it on my body or I've corrected it on somebody else's. And I had it in each one of my SI joints. And I woke up out of the, I had anesthesia cause they had to go so deep. And I woke up out of the anesthesia in more pain than I was in when I went into the place to get the shots and the shots completely wore off in 24 hours. So I actually am speaking from experience, both personally and from an expert every time I'm on here, just sidebar. Um, so those are the things that you're basically told pretty quickly when you have plantar fasciitis, especially if it's reoccurring and you've been to the doctor and all those things. So here is the other problem. The longer that you're going with plantar fasciitis, the longer other problems are getting worse, the real problems. Not only that, but you're creating new problems because Every time your foot hits the ground, it sends stuff back up. So actually 90% of all back pain begins at your foot. It's at your foot because it's how your foot is hitting the ground. But if you're in a stability sneaker and an orthotic, you're not hitting the ground properly. You're not hitting the ground functionally. You walk heel to toe, guys. You should be running the exact same way. I don't even know why this is an argument. Stop it. Stop it. I don't know where this is an argument. You do not walk on your tippy toes. The 1% of population walks on their tippy toes and they have a plethora of shin, calf, and Achilles problems because it's not normal. It's fatiguing out muscles that are not developed to walk like that. They're just not. We are made to walk heel to toe. Long distance running is basic human function over a long period of time with extreme velocity. It's the same thing as walking. You need to be running the exact same way. Use your whole foot. You're gonna be more efficient. You're going to roll through. There's no impact when you don't have a stability sneaker on. The reason you'd have heel impact is because you're in a stability sneaker that disallows full foot function. I encourage you to please go into the Run Pain Free Academy and look at the amount of footage we have of the runners. Follow us on Instagram because I post pictures of runners in full foot function of all shapes, sizes, and speeds. Really, it doesn't matter. 
you need to run the way you walk. When you roll through your foot, you don't have any impact. You have power. You're using your foot, which means you're using your glute, which means you're actually using your hips properly. And all the muscles get very happy and everybody generates power and force that sustains endurance for a long period of time. And we're not conking out with, with cramping in the calves. We're not conking out with foot pain. We're not conking out with quads cramping. We don't do those things when we run properly. You're in dysfunction when you're feeling those things, guys. Listen to your body. If you're feeling your feet and you're not used to feeling your feet, you're going to think that's pain. No, that's just because you're not used to feeling your feet. You should feel your feet. You're a runner. The hell? You have to feel your feet. You have to feel them. You have to. You need to feel your feet and you need to control your own run. You need to go through your foot and push off. Use your foot and push off so that you're opening up your stride, taking the hill, using the hill to regenerate good blood flow to your glutes, relaxing your hip. Whenever your glute fires, your hip flexor releases, by the way. So if you're never actually firing your glute, guess what never relaxes? Hip flexor. And then you all wanna know why you can't go up or down the steps after a marathon. That's why. That's a good indicator of whether or not your glutes are working or not. It's also a good indicator if you trained for a flat marathon or not. Because if you're running a flat marathon, by the way, sidebar, flat marathons are much harder than hill marathons because you have no relaxation of the same muscle groups. When you're running flat and hilly, your muscles have to change differently accordingly. But when you're running just straight up flat, there's no release for your hip flexor ever. It's constant knee driving the whole time. So you better be opening up so you actually can stretch your hip flexor as much as you can on an open stride. But if you're getting tired and you're shortening your stride, that's gonna be an issue. It's gonna be an issue. You may not be in dysfunction, but you didn't open up enough. That's a, but that's, that's a different issue, but that's just a sidebar. Just to give you an idea, there, there is a mechanical response for everything. Every time you flex your hip, your butt relaxes, stretches your glute. So that exchange you want to happen. You want to happen. And if that's not happening, nothing underneath it's gonna follow muscularly. And the joint is already dictating that. So if the joints are off, those muscles go off. And if the muscles go off, pain starts. That's just how that happens. But you keep focusing on your, on your foot, this pain's gonna keep going again and again and again and again until you have a hip issue, a torn hip labrum a hip stress fracture, a groin strain, an upper hamstring strain underneath your glute. Those are all from you not listening to lower leg pain. The foot is your hip, the hip is your foot. They're synonymous in terms of, foot, of movement. You have to look at it that way. You have to look at it that way. When, when this is happening, your sacrum starts to shift. So every time your foot is hitting the ground, wrong in a stability sneaker that's making you either hit mid or toe, you're jamming all of that up and you're jamming your hip flexor the whole time. When you're jamming your hip flexor, you're actually, shift, you're actually shifting and shaking up your sacrum, which is your, your back, your spine. So if that is off and that is shifting, that can trigger sciatica really easy, real easy because your sacrum keeps, is gonna keep shifting every time you jam it, every time you jam it. And then because you're not generating good blood flow to your glutes, which is the support of your sacrum and the support of your hip joint and the direct functionality of your knee comes from the support of the glute, not your quad or your hamstring or your calves. 
The quads, hamstring, and calves actually support the structure of your knee, not the movement and the function of the knee. The function of the knee comes from the glute. However well the glute is firing is how well the knee will hinge. Make note of that. So all of these things are either not happening or in some sort of dysfunction and you're feeling foot pain. And when this is happening, again, the Achilles tendon is what's pulling on the back of your heel. Your Achilles tendon is your hamstring. So remember I told you earlier to keep it in the back of your head that that brace is pressing on the, on the base of your Achilles, which basically is the base of your hamstring. You have literally stopped a functioning muscle. You've stopped it. Probably the most important muscle in flight is the, is the hamstring. It's what literally allows your legs to extend and flex, literally. So if your hamstrings aren't extending, your knee is starting to jack up, then you get knee pain, which is really IT band that's pulling on the knee because every time you run short, short striding, your knee starts to, your IT band starts to think that that's what you want to do. And so it's like, oh, okay, let me get even more tense around your knee. So I'll make sure you never do that. And I'll make sure you never extend and I'll make sure you stop short. And then that becomes a thing. And then you get mad and curse out your IT band when actually your IT band was just listening to you in the first place because it is going to conform to your mobility, to your motion, to your action. That's what it's doing. Your actual IT band, guys, is always in protection mode, always. And you guys all get mad at it. Yet you don't do what it needs. You don't foam roll it. You don't give it the juiciness it needs to be released and pliable on your joints to allow joint function but you want to curse it out every now and then when you feel it pulling on you, stop it, thank it, because it's actually protecting you from getting broken, by the way. By the way, it's protecting you because your hip is in, in dysfunction, your knee isn't hinging properly, and it actually grazes your, your hamstring, literally. One of your hamstrings is literally touched by the IT band, so it literally can pull on it. And you're not going anywhere if that happens. So all of this is happening and you're hyper-focused at your foot. That's why it's reoccurring. That's why you have it for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. I get it all the time. I just recently had my most recent PF person literally had plantar fasciitis from last July all the way through last to last month. We did, it was, her pain in her foot was totally gone in two sessions. And she had it from July all the way through, ran New York in pain. I did not know her, ran New York in pain. She contacted me just a month ago. We worked with each other twice. She's not even here, she's in California, so let me give you even that insight. She's not even in, in my physical space. We did this all online, because we do online training at the Run Pain Free Academy, runpainfreeacademy.com. All our classes and stuff are all online. So this was all through online and within two sessions her foot was better but she knows it's not her foot she knows it's her hip so now we're in correction for her hip but her foot pain is gone but she was in foot pain since since july so seven eight months in a lot of in a lot of pain so this is what i'm saying like so many of you guys can 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 relate to that been in pain i have known somebody who was in pain with plantar fasciitis for three years that blew my mind because it's so easy to fix when you address it properly, especially when you start releasing things immediately. Get out of those stability sneakers, get into a full foot functioning sneaker. I am a Nike free fly knit specific sneaker advocate. I don't like any other Nikes, I really don't. Um, 
It's that specific sneaker. It's been my go-to for 13 years, 14 years. It's been my go-to. I personally haven't worn any other sneaker. And the one time I did, I wanted to take my feet and slam them against the wall. They hurt so bad. <laughs> so I literally, they constantly are working on them. They're constantly engineering them. So they have full foot function and my runners run full marathons in the Nike free fly knit. My, I have runners who've ran ultras in the Nike free fly knits. Okay. So that's the sneaker I go to. I'm not sponsored by Nike. It's just a sneaker that I go to. I tell you guys what works. I hope you do with it. What I, what, you know, as you please, but I only can tell you what works. That's it. That's well, all I'm here to do. So these are the sneakers you want to use your foot. You want to get out of the stability sneakers, get out of the orthotics, stop stopping your body from moving. That's not going to fix it guys. It's like telling a runner to go lay down because then when they run, they're in pain. Tell me what sense that makes. If when I run, I'm in pain, go lay down. What the hell is laying down going to do? What is that going to do for you? Is that going to hurt? No. So what do you think? Well, I rested for two weeks, so I should be good now. You go back out and run and you hurt even more. Why? Because now you deconditioned yourself for two weeks. You lay down. The hell? What, what do you expect is going to happen? You run for feedback. You got to go out there and run for feedback. It's not about running in pain. It's about running for feedback. Listen to your body. Pay attention. When you foam roll and you go run, you'll get a lot of information. Don't foam roll, go run, you'll run in pain. Very different guys. It's very different. Start thinking of yourself as an athlete and I'm promising you, you will change how you approach your body immediately. You are an athlete and you're not treating your body that way. I don't know where you got this idea that you should be able to just get up one day and go run 10 miles. I don't know where this idea came from. That's extremely athletic. You wouldn't get up and go play baseball. You wouldn't get up and go play football. Why do you think you could get up and just go run 10 miles? You have to prep your body for these things. And when you don't, you start getting these little aches and pains because your body's not ready for it. And the bigger muscles and the bigger joints are going to stay hidden and express themselves in other areas until you pay attention. So if you don't pay attention to your feet, guaranteed injury way up top, because it's already happening there. It's just expressing itself down below for plantar fasciitis. That's why this is the biggest problem. That's why people are in the worst sneakers. That's why it's a billion dollar industry. That's why. So there's a whole, the whole toe striking and heel striking big debate. I could do a whole, I could do a whole podcast on that alone. There's a whole cycle behind it and where it came from and how it all came. And, you know, it's really derivative of the sneaker industry and the, and podiatrists and, you know, sneak stability shoes and why they're made and who's coaching and what's the coaching for and what muscles are being used and all this stuff. I mean, it's very, it's very, um, specific to a cycle. The sneaker industry promotes making stability shoes, promotes people being in stability shoes right now. Grab your sneaker, take your sneaker in your hands, put your palm underneath the heel and your other palm underneath the toe and press up. Whatever moves in your hands is what moves on your feet. If just your toe moves, when you do that, just your toe is moving on your run. If both sides fold up, your whole foot is moving. But if you're muscling it up, ain't nothing moving. You shouldn't be muscling a sneaker. It should be moving very easily. If you go into a sneaker store and you grab a Nike free fly knit and you do that, you will see what I mean. 
you probably have one in your closet because the majority of runners have fly knits in their closet and forgot about it. I cannot tell you how many people say that to me. Cannot tell you. And go get it and put it on and go run. You'll feel totally differently. Yes, you're gonna feel your feet, but you're not gonna feel pain. You're gonna feel your feet. Use your feet. Use your feet. Then, running coaches are trained in track and field. Track and field is sprinting. You're not sprinting on marathons. I don't care what any of you think. I don't care what any of you think. You're not sprinting. I have elites who think they sprint. No, you don't. And if you're toe striking, you're not toe striking for two plus hours at, at all. You're toe striking on one foot and mid or heel, fo heel functioning on the other. So that's a limp run. That's just natural mechanics because your legs conk out because you can't toe prance for hours on end. You just can't do it. So your body starts to limp by using the body differently. So instead of your hips going fluidly back and forth, they start to get really janky. And so that's how most faster runners get torn hip labrums because they run like that and they don't realize it. Track and field is for sprinting. You're on your toes when you're sprinting. So sure, have at it, go for it. That's what you're doing. You're running for minutes at most, seconds, most of the time. You're not running for hours at track and field, but now all the running coaches are trained in track and field and they're training long distance runners by training them physically for a totally different sport, track and field. Not the same sport as long distance running. There is literally no relevance to track and field to long distance running. There isn't. The mechanics are totally different. The muscle use is totally different. And in the plantar fasciitis masterclass, I actually put a side-by-side -side video visual of professional athletes closing in on the last mile or the last maybe even under a mile of one of the major marathons and then Usain Bolt at one of his championships at the, la at, the at 800 meter, I believe, to show the same time frame how their bodies moved totally differently. And when I did that, the class was such an eye opener for them because it, to see that side by side, the mechanics are totally different. The professional marathon athletes are full foot functioning, looking like actual gazelles. Their legs were ridiculous. And Usain Bolt is totally forward, high kicking, butt kicks in the back, high and, and prancing. Totally different. Muscular build was different. Body build was different. Lengthening of the leg was different. Foot positioning was different. It's a totally different sport. So train a football player and tell them to go play basketball and tell me how quick they get hurt. It's the exact same when you're telling a person who's going to run a long distance marathon to run like track and field. So when you're developing track and field muscles with speed work, which is another podcast that you will hear coming out soon, um, there's a lot of short muscles happening there. So when you train short muscles, they conk out. And then you, but you wanna run for 10 miles. Yeah, they're gonna conk out. Cause you need, to, you need muscle to last for a long time. So all of this is reasons why there's a lot of contradiction when you look at the sport specific training to it. There's, there, that's real and it needs to be followed. But unfortunately, most of the, um, run coaches for, for track and field. And although track and field coaching is amazing and great, it doesn't translate into long distance running. It's not, that's not personal. That's just what it is. There's sports specific training for a reason. Use it. 
Um, and there's a lot of miseducation or misunderstanding about that because running is a global community. Running is the largest activity globally and millions of runners run, but that's also why 80% of runners are injured. That's exceptionally high. 80% of runners are injured for reasons like I'm describing in this. The amount of miseducation, the amount of misinformation, the amount of people trusting people that they really shouldn't because they don't have an education to be trusted. I don't know where people get these ideas that they start sharing. Everywhere's a doctor, everybody's an expert, everybody's a trainer. I don't know, I, I really don't get it. But I really encourage you to listen to these podcasts and take from them and apply it to your own body. All I'm doing is giving you insight to what pain means to where dysfunction lays so you can map your body and figure it out for yourself. That's all I'm doing here. I don't care who you are. I, I want you to understand your body better because I just want you to get what you deserve. And if you want to be a runner and running is what you love, then you should be able to run for the rest of your life without BS pains like this that shouldn't be around lasting forever in a day. It's ridiculous. There's real injuries out there that'll last forever today. Plantar fasciitis isn't one of them. Really isn't, it really isn't. So let's get rid of that. Let's not make it a thing. You know, that, that's what, that's where I come from with this. And again, I didn't have a me when I was injured. I just had my own history, my own biological background, biology background rather my dance background, my training background, my functional movement background. And I used that because I was listening to other people as well. And I was getting more and more injured and more and more discouraged until I realized, oh, I actually know more than I thought. And I have more control over my body than I thought. So I can actually do this. And creating a plan, we were able to do a lot with my injuries. And now I'm here helping you. So <laughs> I encourage you to really take what I'm saying and like, just apply it to you. What made sense and maybe what doesn't make sense. And please comment and ask those questions. I encourage you to ask the questions on any of these podcasts. There's always a comment section guys. So use it, ask questions, comment on Instagram, comment in Facebook, wherever you're seeing run pain free Academy, run pain free, make sure that you're commenting and asking the questions. Cause that's what we're here for. Which brings us to the question of the day. So what do you find most stubborn about your plantar fasciitis? And what do you find agitates it the most? I want to hear that answer. So wherever you're hearing or listening to this podcast, because we're all over podcast land, um, wherever you're listening to it, I want you to comment there. And I want you to answer the question, where do you, where do you find and what do you find the most stubborn thing about your plantar fasciitis? And what do you find agitates it the most? I really want to know. I want to get the conversation started because the more you guys talk about it, the more other people will be um, inspired. They'll ask more questions and you'll help one another, guys, by chatting, by talking, and by getting these questions out there. And again, we want to make sure we're giving you what you need. We're answering the questions that you actually have. So the more you comment, the more we can actually deliver that. And that's what our purpose here is at the Run Pain Free podcast. So please go ahead and comment. One more time, the question of the day is, what do you find most stubborn about your plantar fasciitis? And what do you find agitates it the most? 
I'm so excited to hear from all of you guys. Please feel free to comment, ask questions. It's a big topic. It's a big injury, but it's totally correctable. And you do not have to have this for the rest of your life. That I can absolutely say with certainty. Thank you so much. Make sure you're following us at runpainfreepodcast.com, at runpainfree underscore academy on Instagram. And of course, runpainfreeacademy.com, where everything lives. Have an awesome day, guys. You're listening to the Run Pain-Free Podcast, brought to you by the Run Pain-Free Academy, featuring biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. 